0: Making sure that he's on the same page with Wilson over there. Wilson not holding the runner anymore. Two outs, two strike count. Here's the 0-2, the runner goes,
1: the pitch, he got him! Strike three, a high fastball, swing into this, ball game!
0: You you never know for sure where a guy's going to come from, and they may not always do it on your terms. They may develop late. Um, And again, you look at it in other sports, too. There are instances where where players were just they, they burst onto the scene. From, from really nowhere, and now all of a sudden they're in the big leagues beating your butt on a regular basis. Hi there. My name's Nick. This is the 1-2-3 inning college baseball podcast. This edition of the One Two Three in College Baseball podcast is one of my favorite stories of the year, by far. It has the elements to be a future future Disney special. When Luke Barker was a pitcher at Chico State, which is a Division II school, he was very good. Was he spectacular? No. I mean, I think maybe, maybe, maybe very, very good as maybe as maybe the ceiling there. Um, as a junior, he led D two in saves with eighteen, but he wasn't like crazy overpowering he threw uh, 66 innings as, in total that year and he allowed 50 hits so that's that's pretty good i mean but again not spectacular there's been a lot of players with numbers more impressive than that and as far as walks and strikeouts go he walked 10 and struck out 50. again very good numbers but jaw dropping the that would that would be a bit of an exaggeration and then as a senior he went back and uh, was in starting rotation that's that's where he started his college career and again the numbers were very good. He had a 1.73 RA. He threw 78 innings, only allowed 63 hits, so that's like a it's a 2.23 uh, opposing batting average. So again, very good numbers. Um, amazing. I mean, no. He was uh, first team all conference, but he wasn't even an all-American. I don't believe he was even like an honorable mention list. So when the Major League draft came, Following his senior season, he was hoping that maybe he'd be a late, a late round pick and get to get to continue his dream of playing professional baseball. But the call never came. Forty rounds through the draft. Um, I mean, how many how many people are selected in a draft? What, twelve hundred? So one thousand two hundred players' names were called, none of which were the name Luke Barker. So he was on the cusp of. Basically hanging up his cleats for good, but then he got an opportunity to to pitch in the California Winter League, which is usually for younger guys and not you know for for players who just graduated. But it's like, well, you know what? I'll go ahead and I'll do it. And it has been nothing but onward and upward since then. In the C W L, he didn't get a lot of innings. He threw 16 and struck out 27. So, but even though um, what he lacked in quantity, they were good in quality. So it was enough to get him noticed, and he ended up being signed as a free agent by the Traverse City Beach Bums, which was an independent league team, which um, actually just folded last year. No, no, I think, I think they became the pit spitters, nonetheless. And while playing for the Beach Bums, he dominated. In 62 innings, he struck out 83 and led his team, and I think maybe the league, with a 1.44 ERA. And he only allowed 40 hits, so he's, he's striking out guys twice as often, more than twice as often, as he was giving up hits. And it's those kind of numbers that get you noticed so his manager with the bums says keep your phone handy because someone's going to give you a call soon and when this clandestine call came in it was from the milwaukee brewers they had bought his contract from traverse city and wanted him to fly down to their spring training facility and have a physical and then he's been getting better and better every year 2017 he put up pretty good numbers 2018 very good numbers beginning of this year 2019 with um with double a biloxi he threw 30 innings and only allowed 11 hits and struck out 34, so that earned him a call up to Triple A. Again, he's just—he's—he's he's baffling guys left and right. He's thrown 26 innings, only allowed 12 hits. What? Yeah, for the season, he's—what's—what's—was um, he holding batters to? I'm looking at the stats right now. 217, 210, 125. People are batting against him this year. 125. The dude is just dominating. So one thing I like to do—I live in Omaha, Nebraska—as I'll look and see what AAA teams are coming, and then I'll just look at the, look at the roster and see if there's anybody I recognize. And I saw his name, and uh, I, I I had no idea he was doing so well because I I didn't remember him being drafted. And then all of a sudden, now there's this guy who was undrafted out of D two, and all of a sudden he's done AAA and dominating. So I mean, he he could get time he could get time in the majors sooner than later. So I reached out and asked him if he'd be interested in talking while he was in town, and he obliged. So our interview took place in the uh, the lobby of the team hotel, so I apologize for the music you hear in the background, that's what that is. And then one other thing before we get started, the person who you heard speaking at the beginning, that's Brewer Scout Mike Berger. And that audio was lifted from an interview he did with Jack Coppenter. And it just shows you how Scouts will look far and wide for hidden talent. So even if someone is initially overlooked, like how Luke Barker was, they'll eventually find you if you keep grinding. Keep grinding? That was cheesy. Now up on the one-two-three-inning college baseball podcast, current San Antonio mission, and future major leaguer, Luke Barker. I find that your story is fantastic. Being in Omaha, I kind of look and see what teams are coming in and I'll look at the rosters and see if I recognize any of the players who are coming through. And then I saw your name on there and I was like, well, I don't remember him getting drafted or anything so it was really surprising that yeah. you would be all of a sudden in triple A and so then I started going on looking through the backstory, saw how you went from undrafted to independent ball and then getting picked up after your senior year did you anticipate getting drafted did you get looks did people talk to you when you were coming out of Chico
1: um, so the way it happened was, I, was anticip- I always had wanted to get drafted and I anticipated you know because I had a good junior year I kind of heard like you know maybe if you get your velo up a little bit, throw a little bit harder. <clears throat> then maybe you'd be of some interest, but um, I hadn't heard anything after my junior year. My senior year, I had a really good season. I was a starter, I was, you know, we, were, we weren't we were that good of a team, but I was having a good year, so I'd had some conversations with a couple of teams, the Orioles in particular, um, about like, hey, keep your phone on, yeah. stay ready, and, so I was, I stayed ready, but um, it ended up just not happening. They went with another guy from Northern California that kinda was we were the last two I think that were gonna be in that contention. So yeah, that was that was kinda how it happened. I was I was hoping I'd have some conversations and then it just ended up not working out.
0: So they didn't even get the sign on as a non drafted then or nothing? It just kind of all of a sudden the communication ended.
1: Well, yeah, it was it was Literally, it was like, hey, keep your phone on a draft day, and we'll see if yeah. we have room for you, and then they didn't, and so then I was kind of left to the next choice, so.
0: When you say next choice, you're talking about independent ball? Independent ball, yeah. So is that something where they kind of start to find you, or you start saying, hey, I'm interested in playing if you guys are looking for people. Well, so
1: the way it worked, indie ball, indie ball kind of happens a million different ways, and the way it worked for me was I, I didn't have any indie ball offers either, just because a lot of indie ball is not in California, so. Yeah kind of have to go and find it. So I went and played college summer ball in Palm Springs, which was just one of the, you know, it was the only phone call I got it was like, hey, we got room. We know you're a senior. You just graduated. And most college summer ball guys are guys that have time left. Yeah. But we got room for you. Um, so come down and throw. And then part of that deal was I threw in that for them. And the guy that runs that team also runs what's called the California Winter League, which is kind of a, it's like an indie ball tryout league. So I got kind of looped into doing that the next spring. And then through doing that I got picked up in the Frontier League, which was the indie Bowl League I played in.
0: And which, I forgot, which, which Frontier team?
1: Uh, Traverse City, Michigan. So okay. uh, Traverse City Beach Bums, which they're not in a team anymore. But now, uh, but that was where I went and played. So I played the summer of 15 in college, summer ball, and then got picked up in the process of the 16 indie Bowl season, so.
0: Okay. So, and then you're doing well in Michigan, obviously. Uh-huh. So how did your offer start coming? Or I guess it was Milwaukee, the only team that kind of reached out to you then, or how did that?
1: So I had out? I basically played the full season. Frontier League season is ninety six games, so I played the whole season. Starts get like second week of May and goes to the normal end of the minor league season. So that was my season. Did the whole season. I'd had a couple of contacts throughout the year, just like hey, you're doing good. We're interested, mm-hmm. but it was nothing real, and then had a tryout with the Diamondbacks after the season, but that was more of kind of a, let's take 100 in you sure. and see if everyone come up. yeah. hard, yeah. yeah. Um, so I did that and, you know, didn't get picked up, and then went about my off season, planning on going back to Traverse City, and then November 20th-ish, somewhere around there, my manager from Traverse City texted me at like six in the morning and said, you're gonna, you're gonna get a phone call today, so don't yeah. miss it, yeah. and it was the Brewers, so and then three hours later, I was they had, I had a flight arranged, and the next week I flew down and got my physical. So
0: did you have any idea at all that you, the Brewers were interested in you? No. So I that just kind of came out it of was nowhere. The first
1: time I heard from Milwaukee, and you know they had just it was somebody from the front office that had kind of seen video and seen my stats.
0: In regards to those numbers with Traverse City, they were phenomenal. He threw just over 62 innings and only allowed 40 hits, and during that time. He struck out 83 batters.
1: And the Brewers are very open to finding guys in not usual places. Yeah. So
0: that was how it happened. Your junior year, you led D2 in saves? As a junior, Luke had four wins and 18 saves for the Wildcats. Did you guys go to carry that year? We did, yeah. Because you went twice? I went twice, yeah. And then your second, then you went back to being a because you were a starter and then you went to reliever and start. Yep. Was there any reason why in particular that happened to work out for you Was some of that because you maybe wanted to get more professional interest or because um, in
1: terms of being going back to being a starter. Yeah. Well, basically what happened was as I, when I was younger in college freshman year, I didn't throw very hard and I was my strengths were kind of you know finesse command, command and having, you know, different pitches that I could command and stuff. So that was why I kind of worked out as a starter at the beginning, did okay, and then we got some guy from ju- some junior college guys that were better. They had better stuff. So they okay. were, they became our starters. Sure. And then I kind of had to figure it out and earn my job in the bullpen. And then my junior year just worked out that I ended up being the closer. And then it started; they started stacking up. So by then I'd grown a little bit, threw a little bit harder. And so our, my coach was like, listen, this is your last year. You're probably our best pitcher. You know, what do you want to do? And I thought it would be best for our team if I – you know if I could start it. Yeah. I think it would give us, you know, I could impact the game a little more. So that was our decision together was for me to start again. Um, so that was what it was about. It hadn't at that time it had nothing to do
0: with pro ball. Yeah, stuff. I didn't know if it maybe you just wanted to get more looks cuz I I mean it's a delicate dance, I would say for some players where you want yeah. that, you want your team to do well, but you also want to make sure that they can get an opportunity right. At the to time, get
1: My main goal in life was to get back to carry because we went to carry my junior year and we lost twice and I wanted to get back again. And I felt yeah. like if I could be an ace for the team, then I could get us there. You know, I could have more of an impact to get us there than if I was just waiting in the bullpen for somebody else to do it. So.
0: Now, your stats, I mean, I don't know if it has to do with ability or your knowledge, but I was looking at the numbers from your freshman year. You weren't that good. No. <laughs> no, that's what I said. I was just okay that year. Yeah, I mean, you're, like, I was looking at your, your innings to hits, and then just, it's amazing that the transformation you've been able to it's make. It's not that they were bad, they just weren't something that you would forecast to be someone who's on the cusp of making the major leagues. He appeared in 13 games, 9 starts, and had a 4.5 ERA. Those numbers aren't too shabby, but he also gave up 74 hits in just 48 innings. And get better, and then especially, I mean, it seems that every time you're increasing competitive level, from college to independent to minor league, you seem to be getting better. Yeah. Um, how do you explain that?
1: Well, I think a big part of it is um, my junior year I started throwing a splitter, and that was kind of the first time I had an out pitch that was like, okay, this gets swings and misses. So mm-hmm. versus just being a guy that could command the zone and try to get more ground balls than hits, you know. Um, so that was kind of the, the changing point for me was understanding, wow, okay, that's a good pitch. Okay, now I got to throw it a lot more. And then every, you know, everywhere I've gone, I've tried to just that's been my main pitch so um, in Indie ball, that was the first time I really used it a lot and kind of abandoned not everything else but had that as my main sequence that I used was fastball splitter and then you know mix and break balls when I needed to but um, that's been the difference and the brewers have that's what the brewers like about me is that yeah. pitch and that sequence and they've been encouraging me to use it even more so it's like okay, every step I go up this is what got you here, this is what, you got, what sure. you got to use here, and then so far it's worked. So,
0: Did I read both your parents' work for Chico? Yeah. So is that basically why you chose there? Did, would you have any sort of looks at all at D1? Or did you kind of go to Chico because that's uh, apparently where you live near? Or, what yeah, yeah, ma- what made you choose there? I'm from
1: Chico, so it was kind of always my hometown team. And, you know, my parents, my mom's the athletic director, and my dad's the head athletic trainer. So... From the beginning of my life, I was going to Chico State athletic events, whether it was baseball or anything else. But, so I kind of always had it in the back of my mind that I might go there, but I also kind of wanted to try to prove that I could get some offer somewhere else and not just go there because my mom was AD. Sure, sure, Um, So I had an offer from UC Davis just as a roster spot. Yeah. Um, But it ended up, that was kind of the only other main offer as far as four-year school. The rest of them were were, uh, JC's,
0: so... Chico, I'm trying to think of a Chico question. It's so hard for me to determine how good you guys are in the West Coast. Yeah. Because you don't play anybody other than each other. I know.
1: And we think we're all good.
0: Right? <laughs> so we I know. All, all and that's we the other thing. Be the top 10. Just, just you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I can't. I'm, I'm sure you're very good, but because yeah. the travel aspect of it, you don't get to play. You, too much out of your region. Right. But you guys are so much more separated. Yeah. That it's just so hard. But yeah. that's funny that you said that.
1: Yeah, I mean that, <laughs> and it's not even just us, it's everybody. It's San Diego, it's it's the Pac West teams now. I mean yeah. especially since they've joined, it's been I feel like those two conferences are real good. So but I'm biased.
0: Sure. I wish oh well of course. Yeah that somehow the regional setup was different where it wasn't just all the West teams playing, so you guys can. If you guys are the best, yeah, then you guys can earn more spots in to, to go to carry. Yeah, well, trust me, we wish that too, because <laughs> you know it's like, like
1: for us especially, it's like San Diego. We saw San Diego every year. Mm-hmm. Every year we wanted to get anywhere. It was us, them, Pomona, was just Pacific Cal Baptist, and it's like.
0: now two of those will be Division One.
1: I know they're about to be gone. They're leaving us. So. Which is good though. I think it's good. Yeah, but well, I, enjoy, I really. I always enjoyed playing those teams. Like, we didn't always get along with them, but it was always. I mean, those. That was the best of the best for us. So it was fun. You
0: were at Bloxy earlier. Is Cody Ponce still pitching there? Mm-hmm. Like Luke, Cody Ponce played Division Two baseball in the California Collegiate Athletic Association. Unlike Barker, Ponce was highly touted coming out of college and was drafted in the second round. He was recently traded to the Pittsburgh Pirates organization and has been promoted to Triple A as well. As a fan and connoisseur of D two baseball. I've had my eye on him, and it's just a matter of time before he makes it to the big league. Yeah. So do you guys know, I assume you knew each other? Well, we, I mean, I didn't know because him Because Cody Font played for played Pomona. For, you know,
1: probably Pomona, right. I didn't know him personally, but I knew who he was, and he knew who I was, and we obviously pitched against each other. I don't know if we'd ever pitched against each other in the same game, but we'd played each other for three years while he was there. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's, I always like seeing other D2 guys, especially when, like, Cody was on my team. Yeah, He's a friend of mine now, so... I, I like it, because as you well know, the Division Two talent is sometimes not any different than anything else. Oh, do, absolutely.
0: So, yeah. so how is he doing? Because I know, because he was pretty highly touted coming out. I've he's thought.
1: doing good. Yeah, he's, he, he's moved to the bullpen, so, and I think it's been a good move for him, but...
0: Oh, so now we're, you're... A, yeah, brother you're been <laughs> brothers Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, but he's done, this year's been really good for him, too. So that whole bullpen that started in Biloxi, has kind of had a good year, so... Which I think the connection that we had was, was part of it. But I think, you know, I like, like I said, I enjoy seeing d two guys succeed because obviously I'm one of them. so... Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you're, what's his There's a guy from Menlo on your team?
1: Oh, yeah, Ursig. Yeah. yeah. Ersig.
0: Lucas Ersig is one of the highest NAIA draft picks this century. He was selected out of Menlo in the second round in 2018 after he hit 20 home runs while only striking out 18 times for the Oaks. Yeah.
1: Yeah, same thing. He, NAIA, they were. You know, he was, we actually played them. I was already done and I was just back helping. But I saw Ursic play against Chico, his, whatever it was, it must have been his senior year. Yeah. Um, And we were like. Because he went to Cal or or something like that? Yeah. And then he went to Menlo. So, sort of counts, but definitely he went to Menlo. So, that was the school that got him where he is now. So, like I said, same kind of thing. Love seeing it.
0: So, are you aware of where other people kind of go to school? Oh, yeah. Just,
1: okay. Yeah. Especially with guys like that, I always kind of keep track especially
0: of. Especially if they're a D2 NAIA, California. Right.
1: Just because I'll, you know, I'll look at the roster and see, be like, oh, okay, that guy's, I know that's school, Or I remember that name. Yeah. Or that type of thing. So, but but we also have, for, like for the Brewers, we have big meetings before every series of like, these are the guys we're going to see, especially hitters. These are the hitters we'll see. Um, and these are the guys we've got to be careful for and, or careful of and, and what to look for and stuff. So you'll see a name and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that, that guy. Yeah, like, like the other day we played at OKC and Cal Garlic is on their team and he played at Cal Poly Pomona also. So it's like,
0: yeah, I remember, I yeah. yeah.
1: That. And he was really good in college. So it's like he's we've kind of ended up on the same field
0: somehow. So. Like Ursig, Garlic as a player who started playing at D1 but moved to a different division and flourished. He transferred to Cal Poly Pomona, the same school as Ponce, where he set the school season record for home runs. He reached the MLB this season and is broken into the starting lineup for the Los Angeles Dodgers. When you're in somewhere like Omaha like this, do you get to do anything? Not that you're in the most extravagant places, although it's better than the independently. It is better than that. so. I yeah. mean, I mean, like San, like San Antonio, which I've been through a couple of times. is a great town, yeah, yeah. Well, city. Um, so, like today, is there anything that you're gonna you're just gonna be stuck in the ho- or I said hospital. <laughs> stuck in the hotel, the hotel? Yeah. Or do you get to go out and do stuff?
1: Usually we. I mean, mornings is kind of our time to go and do stuff. So, because obviously we were at the game last night. We're not done until 11, 1130. But um, so usually we try to go and get breakfast somewhere. Or like the last time we were here, we went to downtown Omaha and checked out because the game was at, I think that was when the World Series was still here. So the yeah. game was at night. But we went and checked out all the stuff down there and then found a good breakfast spot. So depends on the guys, you know, what to do some people stay in the hotel, but I like to go and my my thing is to go get breakfast. I like finding the good breakfast places. Yeah,
0: well I'd mentioned in the text there's a place down the. This...
1: Yeah, we've been to that one. Oh, have you? It's okay, solid. yeah, it's usually yeah.
0: pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the summer kitchen. It's usually a little expensive, but it's good.
1: Yeah, it'll get, it gets gets job done. <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: so let's say you didn't get that opportunity to pitch in that college summer league. Yeah. You think there's a good chance that you might not be here now?
1: Absolutely. I vividly re- remember sitting in my driveway. Because I'd I'd gotten a text from the connection I had with Palm Springs was one of my best friends who was our assistant coach at Chico, had played for this summer team. And he was like, hey, man, like, GM down there, he'll take anybody. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, that you're 25. Yeah. Or I was 23 at the time. But it doesn't matter that you're older. You might as well be 25 compared to the 19 year olds that the rest of them have. Um, So, uh, but he doesn't care. He wants to, he knows you're a good pitcher. He knows that you'll compete. And, worst case scenario you go down there and at least you played for two more months
0: and at that point you're just playing just i mean it's recreation i mean you're not getting paid yes yeah, right? so you're was, basically just getting you live in someone's basement and
1: yeah we lived in a we lived in um there was a couple that lived like up in the hills up there that we that was like our host family so um so i was like oh, i don't know if i want to do because i had done that for three summers before that and just been a, doing playing in college, bowl, Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I don't know if I want to do that again for nothing, you know, with nothing on the end of it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like I was working on something to come back the next season. So, but I, I called the guy and his name was Andrew Starkey and he just talked me into it. And after 20 minutes, I was like, all right, screw it, I'll go. You know, like I'll drive yeah. down tomorrow because yeah. I had nothing else to do. <laughs> um, you
0: know, I was I was. In- See, and that's why I think this is such an interesting, you know, because you were just sitting there on the precipice of, I don't know what your major is, but. Yeah. Going so, into something else. And well, then, and I was,
1: the, and the thing, that was the thing for me was like, I would, I had already started grad school because that was my fifth year. Yeah. My fifth year senior year. So I was like, all right, I'm semester into grad school now. I should probably just not do this and become an adult, you know? And yeah. Start finishing, finish grad school and get a regular job. And then he talked me into it, and my dad talked me into it. And they said, just go. Like, who cares? You know, you got three months of nothing anyway. Yeah. Go and do it. And, I went there and I pitched well, and then he was like, "Hey, we got this indie ball thing. You should come back in February and do it." And so then he talked me into that, and then I did it. And then it's just kind of been like, "All right, I'll try this next step." This, you know, and it's been ten steps later now, and now I'm sitting here talking to you. So yeah. it's it's definitely a weird story, but
0: and, you're, and the fact that you're you're doing very very well, yeah. so especially especially in double A. Yeah, man, look at your numbers there and that's phenomenal, and yeah. then even up here in A, they're still very good, so I mean, gosh. To say gosh would be a complete understatement. In Biloxi, he threw 30 innings and only allowed 11 hits with 34 strikeouts. So far with San Antonio, he's thrown in 26 innings, only allowed 12 hits, and struck out 30 with only seven walks. So who's like the best person you've faced so far?
1: Best person I've faced so far. So,
0: either like, you know, in the spring training, maybe someone on a rehab assignment, someone on their way up. Um, so, if someone, you know, if your career were to end right now, it's like who, who's your
1: best, best one I've faced so far is probably Kyle Tucker. The, he's like the top prospect for the Astros. So, I faced him a couple weeks ago when we played Round Rock.
0: Yeah. Kyle Tucker is a beast. He has 32 home runs so far this year for Round Rock. And that's with missing a big chunk of the season with the call up to the Astros. He was drafted fifth overall in 2015, and he's still only 22 years old. That was a good one.
1: A How'd you do? I struck him out. Good. So that was cool. Um, but it's kind of funny now because it's like you go from not facing anybody that's ever been in yeah. the big leagues to all yeah. of a sudden now in the last month, it's like at least two guys every outing are guys that have a decent amount of time in the big leagues. So I haven't faced any like big, big superstars yet, but um, hopefully soon. We'll see. We had um, like in spring training. I got to see all those guys. That was the sure. this year was the first time I wasn't in big league spring training, but I was kind of part of the group that went helped to fill innings. Uh, we called it early camp. Yeah. So I got to be around it and be like, Oh, that's Javi Baez or like, oh, that's uh-huh, uh-huh. that's Puig. Like I know those guys, so that was cool. But hopefully more and more guys I'll get under my belt, so we'll see.
0: You know, I just remember something else that I read. From your bio back in college, do you, do you wash your hat now? I do now, yeah.
1: <laughs> we actually get new ones if we need
0: them now. So okay. That actually, I don't have to do that anymore. So, yeah, because sometimes you see these guys with, they're all white the and the stains. yeah. Yeah, and it's like, that. oh my I was God. Like that. And I, I can see how it'd be a thing, especially yeah. in college. Yeah, you yeah. like, oh, I'm on the baseball team, I'm gritty. Yeah, yeah, I pitched a lot. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but, yeah, it's pretty gross, but okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a college thing. You grow out of it
0: you know when i was a little kid i always used to there's nothing was digital then i always had this big book of all the baseball stats right and there'd be one there'd be players in there it's kind of like the field of dreams where there's the moonlight graham guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like man i just get one game you know one at bat Mm -hmm. so i hope that ends up coming around and and then obviously above and beyond yeah yeah
1: we'll see hope i mean it's kind of like i talk to my dad about it all the time it's like made it this far you know why not i try to go one more. So yeah. It's, it's been a crazy story, though. And it's like, for me, it's nice if somebody else notices. Because, like, you know, I know what, all the steps that I went down. But it's nice that somebody else, like, like tracks it, you know, or, like, realizes that – or at least realizes where the beginning is. Because a lot of these – a lot of the guys I'm around, they, they can't even – like, I I could tell them where I was at, yeah. what D2 yeah. was like, what Indie Ball was like. But it's like, none of them did it. So
0: it's kind of a weird thing. Well, and that's, you know well, – I think that kind of what your your story has a lot that can be very, hopefully, you know, inspirational to some of these other kids. Yeah. Because um, I know, especially with D2, you'll see that some of the guys who put up great numbers, and phenomenal, and same with NAIA. I mean, it'll be their, their division's player of the year, and then they don't get picked right. for whatever reason. And, you know, I'm sure that can be very... Uh, just, just horrible, and basically yeah, just like you know what, forget yeah. it. Yeah, it's heartening. That's exactly the word I was looking yeah, for.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's very. I mean that's not a good feeling. It'd and be then, very
0: easy at that point to go, like you said, this isn't for me. I guess I'm done. Right, and I think
1: it's, you know, it's obviously better to get drafted. It's obviously better to have interest right away. But it's definitely, if I can be anything, it's at least maybe an example that you don't have to necessarily do it the normal way. If you feel like you have something that can work and feel like you have the want and the drive to do it, then there's avenues to go and find somewhere to prove it.
0: That's it for this edition of the podcast. A big thank you to Luke Barker and to you for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast so far, please give it a ranking. A ranking. A rating. A good rating, A good rating. On Apple Podcasts. If you don't like it, and I don't blame you, then... Just wait like a couple more weeks until like, I get this down because I, I truly have no idea.